What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Music Corner. Rift State awaits. I'm Nate. I'm going, baby. I'm baby. And I'm Sebastian. And today, mm, we got new albums to talk about. Uh, Yeah, you know what it is. New tunes for the people like you. Kind of a big week. Kind of a pretty big week here uh, with like... <laughs> with maybe one exception um but uh nevertheless we got them for you new tunes for the people like you let's get into it here first off with an album from the comet is coming hyper dimensional expansion beam trent go ahead and take it away i'm glad you picked me to go first for this one awesome uh, <laughs> i'm gonna start it out i'm gonna start out real smooth with you i fucking love saxophone uh so I give this album a Music Corner 7. Uh, this is what is it's an entirely instrumental. Yeah. yeah I, can't, entirely. I can't remember because like I mean, it's a bit longer at 43 minutes, but like it should, it honestly just kind of takes you for like a ride. It's really, really cool. Um, I love the whole like, you know, the album cover being like a blueprint for a hyperdimensional expansion beam uh, kind of looking like the Death Star a little bit. Uh, but it was really, really cool to just sit there and just mindlessly listen to this because, you know, it's it's like background noise almost like it, it's so cool. And I love albums like this. Like, I fucking love instrumental albums, but you you rip a saxophone in there. I'm I'm all game. Uh, but yeah, Music Corner 7 it was really fucking cool. I probably will come back to this one at some point just to try to, you know, just relax and chill. For sure. Sebastian, go ahead next. This is a pretty good album. Uh, I would say it has a lot of cool just instrumental segments with it being an instrumental album that is jazz-based. Unfortunately, I do not have the jazz cat way of my words to really describe this album in its full capacity like some other people could. Uh, I will say that it had some really cool kind of like acid jazz riffs, especially on songs such as Lucid Dreamer. Uh, it kind of like, if you take off the vocals, kind of maybe reminded me of like a little bit of like a Jamiroquai at some parts. Um, then there were some parts that were pretty ethereal, like uh, pyramids that uh, I was like pretty cool with as well. Unfortunately, I just don't have much to say say the album was good don't get me wrong it just didn't really uh didn't really hold too much um of a memory file in my mind and i unfortunately uh did not get my mind expanded from this beam of music and i'm gonna give this one a seven out of ten because what i did remember was pretty good yeah, this one was definitely a interesting album. Uh, did not expect any of what happened to happen, especially with the saxophone. I was like, okay, we're getting some like some true spacey vibes here with a little bit of spice to it, if you will. Um, yeah, I just I was pretty impressed with it. I think it got a little repetitive for sure towards the middle. I think that um, it also got a little bit. No, not derivative. No, because this really does not sound like anybody else. Like, this is actually, like, pretty unique for what it is. But I think it just also, like, was a little bit long. I think that's what I was looking for. It was a little bit longer for me with for what it is. Um, but even then, there were still some, like, two songs I had here saved were Code and Technicolor. To me, this is a case of this album is better listened to in its entirety than spaced out or separated, rather. Um, but it was just, it was fun. It was vibey. 
and I would return to it easily. Seven and a half out of ten for me. But all right, moving along here, we have a new album from Maggie Lindemann, Sucker Punch. Wow. If pop punk could all just sound like this in the modern era, that would be pretty fucking cool because my God was this like awesome. Maggie Lindemann does on this album what should be done for the new pop punk uh, wave that's been happening in the past couple years since the whole MGK and uh, with the Travis Barker, uh, you know, surfacing and everything here. Like what Maggie does that separates herself from these other artists and everything is like she adds like a yes definitely like a darker tone to her music but like there's a lot more of an evanescence influence on here that uh i can say is that that separates it easily from like you know someone like willow or mgk sure or even an olivia rodrigo kind of case you know like it's it's just wild to hear songs like you know uh take me nowhere she knows it uh self-sabotage phases just to hear like this more darker down tempoed even compared to the typical upbeat repetitive pop punk sound now don't get me wrong there are moments like that that are on this album towards the end of the album which i feel like it was fine at that point because she's then able to like kind of split up the type of fan base that she could potentially have here you can have people like me you know, who likes that Evanescence-inspired sound. Um, or you could definitely have those, like, you know, the generic pop-punk fan kind of things who like songs like... I think it was How Could You Do This To Me that had Kellen Quinn on there. And um, uh, I think Cages had that. Maybe You're Not Special as well. That just had that very, like, typical modern pop-punk sound that, you know, we here at least are not really fond with. You know, but with Maggie Lindemann, I can definitely get down to this. This was actually my favorite album of the week. Like, surprisingly, I did not expect it to be this kind of a pop punk album. But um, all I need now is a Maggie Lindemann and Nothing Nowhere tour. And my personal pop punk dreams in the modern era will be satisfied. It is an 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, Sebastian, take it away next. I unfortunately did not like this as much. I uh, I would say it started pretty strong with the intro and uh, take me nowhere. Um, and this is really nothing on the vocals. I I will say uh, overall, the um the vocals are definitely the best part. Uh, Maggie has a great voice for this kind of music, and it doesn't sound too forced. I really do like the uh, aforementioned Evanescence-inspired bits as far as vocals are concerned, but the instrumentals, on the other hand, I thought were pretty bad at times. Uh, there was a, a couple pop synth thrown in there. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it sounded like Attack Attack, at some parts and um <laughs> i know what you mean though with that one i can hear it it's kind sure. of funny actually because it comes out of fucking nowhere and it just took me out of the album for a good moment i'm like what the fuck is this stick stickly like where did this come from why why are we having like these crunk kind of synths in here what are why are these here um, and at least that kind of stopped by the time self-sabotage album, but, uh, by the time self-sabotage happened, uh, I feel like the album did get a bit more enjoyable from there. And, you know, like I said, she has a good voice for this music 
And I will say, you know, if you like this pop punk boom, you'll definitely enjoy this. I think it's far none better than most of these other albums, especially the ones with the uh, Mr. Barker features on them or just anything, um, anything MGK has ever released in this kind of vein. Uh, yeah, if you if you want to listen to some good pop punk, you know, you got Willow and then you got Maggie Lindemann now. Uh, six out of ten. Hell yeah. Trent, take it away. I will say this was surprisingly uh, also my favorite album of the week. Uh, I had no idea who she was uh, going into this. I originally thought she was Till Lindemann's daughter. Uh, which yeah, is I did true. too, actually. <laughs> I, did too. I was like, I was, oh, we got some German stuff coming at you. Let's go. Um, but yeah, I was thrown for a fucking loop. Uh, I, the intro was really cool, really good hook there with like the kind of chuggy guitar, you know, some harsher drums. It was really strong. I loved it through most of the album. Uh, the length for the pop punkiness of what it was was just good at around 40 minutes. Uh, her voice did it, it did get a little bit annoying for my taste uh, after a while. Um, but where she toned her voice down a bit, where it's kind of like softer, I, I really liked. Um, not saying she doesn't have a lovely voice, though. She really does. And, you know, like Nate Sebastian's song, for the style of music, it really works. So... But yeah, uh, eight out of ten for me with this one. I'll definitely probably be coming back to this. I had a lot of friends uh, kind of like put this on their Snapchats or Instagrams, like saying that it was like a good album. I was like, fuck it, you know. And it was, and it was, and what? Uh, but all right, <laughs> moving along, <laughs> we got um, we got a banger for you. <laughs> we got something for you. We got a little bit of a the baby. Baby on Baby 2, the sequel, Sebastian. <laughs> Go ahead, my dude. <laughs> so, uh, the baby, baby on Baby 2, featuring Boss Baby, is, uh, I would say, next album I think we'll ever get. Uh, this guy is fucking awful as a person, and yet still gets so much fucking attention. And it just blows my mind, man. It just blows my mind. The guy, <laughs> I, I don't mean to talk about like shit that happens outside of his music as much, but like the guy is like complaining about like ticket sales for his shows and be like, oh, they only sold a thousand out of 10,000 seats. I ain't even fucking showing up. Like that is the most narcissistic piece of shit kind of attitude I think I've ever seen from an artist. Well, I'll Sebastian, just, yeah. when you've gone baby on baby the first time around <laughs> and you don't get the expected crowd you want, I get it. Okay. <laughs> Dude, oh my god, man. This okay, man. This dude he tries to be so fucking hard and yet like he is softer than these fucking trap beats that he can barely like keep on bass with like at all. Like I, it's just funny like how he tries oh, to dude, be I'm like sorry. so mock- I'm sorry when you said keep on bass with I truly thought you were going to say keep on baby with. Keep on baby. Man, uh yeah, he is just he cannot, cannot rap on beat in this album, and I just find it so funny. Like it just sounds like he's struggling the whole time. And these are some basic like Migos triplet beats. I don't know what the fuck like 
he thinks he's getting into. But yeah, I just his flows were just so loose that I was like, how the fuck are you trying to be like this badass if you can barely rap on beat? Um, there was also a lot of fucking mixing issues. Uh, the background calls, like the the like in the background shit that he would do it was louder than his fucking vocals at, at times and then the bass on this album was so fucking boomy on top of it it just i, I don't know man like i thought i was listening to like some like you know youtube poops at times it was like <laughs> it was bad i i know we kept memeing it uh amongst each other in the podcast but yeah this album is kind of a fucking meme because it's just so fucking bad i'm not gonna give it a negative score either i'm just gonna keep going with this uh yeah it's so bad um the lyrics very shitty as per usual uh of course he offers that brag rap on the intro track but then when you get to shit like boogeyman i really start to question some of his lyrics um I was at Rolling Loud, shutting down a whole damn show, tried to make me have a problem with gays, you know, and I'm like, you kind of did that yourself. It's not like, you know, Rolling Loud forced you to, uh, you know, be kind of shitty or anything like that. It's just you said shit and you're getting flack for it and now you're facing repercussions. And, uh, yeah, and... He also mentioned that, you know, with his mix-up of words, it made him lose 30 million, but <laughs> but he's back now. He's definitely back. Uh, you know, he's wearing an alien mask on the cover. You could definitely tell he's he's thinking about something. Um, yeah, honestly, like it's it's just so bad. Uh <laughs> I just I don't know how you can be so fucking soft on all of this shit and yet try to like just make up for it by like talking about how many uh girls that you've slept with how many chains you got or anything like that i just i just don't know there's like no recovering from any of this because he is just he's not even doubling down he's just like i i'd say he's like pussying out on everything he's doing he's like oh i didn't really say that they just caught my words at a wrong time and i i i, I cannot i cannot fathom like that kind of uh, mentality uh there's also a good amount of misogynistic uh sludge throughout this as well um i know that shit is pretty rooted in rap but it doesn't really help his case because the dude is not cool with anything women wise i mean you know he sent out him and his boys to beat up his baby mama's uh brother because he treats her like shit and the brother was pissed about it like i yeah, it's kind of fucking shitty of you, baby. I'm sorry, I don't mean to take personal shit into this. I try to look at music as a whole, but he brings it up himself on this fucking album. And it is, it's not the worst thing of the year. Like, it, I, I don't think it's the worst sounding album of the year, but it might be worse than, uh, what's it called? Um, that Jack Harlow album, because that's so far my worst rap album of the year. I think this might beat it. I don't know. It's super distasteful. Uh, it's just awful in a lot of ways. I don't know how anybody can really enjoy this that much, and it's such a downgrade from his already shitty album from uh, was it 2020 that we reviewed it? Yeah, that was um, what was that called? Honestly, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> it was bad yeah. though. It's yeah, it's bad. Uh, I I honestly hope this dude's career fizzles out. I don't think it will because you know the zeitgeist of bad rappers and bad men. 
they just kind of come back, you know, they come back swinging, you know, they somehow get a massive following of people, though they are shitty, so who knows? Uh, two out of ten. Nice. Yeah, um, this is a downgrade from at least, okay, so, like, I'll be real here, I did enjoy Baby on Baby, the first one, like, there are truly some great songs, and this was also all, like, kind of before the whole Rolling Loud incident, I don't know about the whole, uh, the shooting incident that happened, though, I'm not sure about that time frame, but, I mean, Walmart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know about that one, if that happened yet, but, either way, I did fuck with, uh, Baby on Baby, um, but, I don't know what to expect with the sequel. I didn't know at all. So I was kind of, kind of going into it with like, eh, it might be all right. And truly, there were some moments that I was like, all right, this doesn't sound like terrible, you know. Like I believe, um, oh God, did I already close it out already? <laughs> I'm, already I'm already like ready to get past this album. Uh, but like there were songs like uh, Drop Dead Diss, uh, Boogeyman was okay with me. And same with, uh, I think it was Socks. If it wasn't Socks, it was a completely different song. But, like, I didn't care for the lyrics at all. I was kind of, like, just listening. And then, like, what? Because I knew he was going to definitely, like, go into, like, whatever drama um, had been happening for the, since the last album came out of his, really. Because he hasn't put out an album since then, at least a solo one. He's done a couple collaborations, but that's about it. And it's it's just mid. It's nothing special. Just the narcissist talking about narcissistic things. Um... It's kind of funny that he thought this album was actually going to, like, sell, you know? And, like, he thinks that he's being, like, blackmailed or some shit. <laughs> because, or no, blackballed. Because uh, he had low first week sales when it was, what he thought would be forecasted to be much higher. So it's like, well, you kind of have to have good music here if you want to think about that. And this is just mid at best. So for me, I give it a six and a half out of 10. It's not the worst thing ever either. Like Sebastian said, it's just an album that exists. What are you going to do? Uh, but Trent, go ahead. Uh, so I gave baby on baby two, uh, two out of 10, uh, cause it's baby on baby two. Uh, yeah, uh, I really don't even know what to say about this album after you guys. <laughs> you really covered it. Uh, I would say, though, No Condom was probably like heavy air quotes on my favorite song off of the album. Uh, it was, you know, obviously these songs are short, you know, because that's how, that's how it's going to be. I mean, it's it, most of these weird rap ones are mostly on like the two and a half minute, two minute side. And No Condom was a minute 44. Uh, the ending of it was really cool, though, because it went into a really smooth transition to some of that, which was I thought was like the coolest thing right there. Uh, another thing about the album, I think the, the mixing was definitely uh, pretty good in some places. I mean, it, nothing overtook anything. Uh, obviously, his vocals were a bit higher than everything else, but I mean, all the backing stuff was, I mean, just right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's baby on baby two, you know. I'm going baby on baby two. <laughs> all right, well, there you have it. First half down, another to go. Before we get there, word from our sponsor. And we're back. All right. Well, it's time to move on to some of the uh, big releases that came out uh, yesterday as a recording. Since we're recording Saturday and these albums came out yesterday, we've done it for this is the first time ever, I believe, that we're doing three new albums in one episode. So 
this whole half is all dedicated to that new new as of the uh, 9-30-2022, 2022 you know? So starting off, we have a new album from Bjork, Fasora. I think is how you say that. Uh, Sebastian, take it away. Oh, shit, I'm starting. Uh, 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 where's my notes? There they are. I thought this album had some really cool jazz instrumentals that were kind of like an immediate draw for me. They were pretty immersive. Uh, every instrument dances around each other super well. The vocals do a great job conducting this like orchestra of instruments. And, um, you know, speaking of vocals, some of the some of the messaging is a little bit cryptic. I found it hard pressed to like find an exact theme for this album. I still thought it was pretty well written and pretty like um, fossorial. Uh, not to not to be all punny or anything. I thought it was still pretty cool. Uh, you know, there were some parts like uh, Sorrowful Soul that were super earthy. And I felt like that was kind of like, you know, like the earth crying out about things. I don't know if this is an environmental album or a breakup album or any. I don't know. Like I said, this is very cryptic. Maybe I could have looked up a genius thing about it or something. I don't know. But it was it was really hard for me to find the exact theme of this. But I still thought it was pretty good. Uh, there was a lot of cool like other Earth Im- uh, imagery as well throughout the album. There was Fungal City featuring Serpent with Feet, and I really like Serpent with Feet. And I thought that was um, <clears throat> a pretty beautiful track. Uh, I definitely need to check out more of her work because this is actually my first Bjork album I've ever heard like full length. And I am very much impressed. And if this is just kind of mid-tier as far as Bjork albums, like some people are saying, I honestly, I might have like a couple tens in her catalog at least because uh, this was pretty good, man. Um, It's pretty decadent. The canvas she's painted uh, has some crazy different tools and some of them may not fit well, but I thought the process this around it was super cool and interesting just to uh, experience and i just like i said i need to check out more of her music because if this is my first experience and it's a later album i would love to see bjork at her artistic prime uh because this is an 8.5 out of 10 yeah i'm definitely one of the people that would uh have to say this is one of her more mid-ish albums for sure uh but not bad by any means still either like don't don't get it twisted with that definition of mid because it's still bjork doing what she does best with the art pop stuff um i guess i i didn't know about either what this album was about but apparently it was uh, inspired by the death of her mother in uh, 2018 uh, and these songs were written during and after covid where she also was able to visit her to her back Eh, back to her home country which uh she hadn't done since she was 16 so that's pretty fucking cool um in terms of the actual music itself though yeah i just i don't know i wasn't really um i wasn't really down with this avant-garde direction that she was doing here with the uh the more horn-based sections on this album you know like it was cool you know, and like some of the, the some some of the instrumentals were uh, a nice touch to the already like electronic-y, artsy-based sounds. You know, uh, such as in like um, Oedipus that had like the little like what was it like the was it horns or was it like a clarinet that was playing in the background? Uh, which song? Uh, in the first song, Oedipus. 
I want to say it was a. It might have been a, a flute, flute, maybe even a flute. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. she she plays the flute. Right, right. That would make sense too. Um, but yeah, like little bits like that that are like sprinkled around through the album. Um, it's it's cool, but it's like I don't know. It's just not what I wanted to uh, wanted to hear on a Bjork album, I guess. But it could grow on me. You know, there's definitely potential there. And uh, unfortunately, it did also drag uh, a lot for me at that point, considering there were songs that were like you know five plus minutes, and this is already an almost hour long album. And I was like, well, you know, I'm trying here, but I just yeah, I couldn't unfortunately get into it this time. But I can confirm that there are definitely better Bjork albums than this too. Uh, like a, a homogenic. Whew, that album is incredible. Post by Bjork as well. Uh, absolutely amazing. As well as the other... What was the other one I listened to? Um, oh, yeah, Vespertine. Yep, yep. Def- definitely some solid albums from Bjork, too. Definitely worth checking out as well for you, Sebastian, and Trent, if you like it as well. I'm not sure. We'll find out in a moment. But, um, yeah, this is a 6.5 out of 10 for me. Uh yeah, that's kind of it, unfortunately, with Bjorky Bjork with Bjorky Bjork, but I do still like Bjork, so it's all good. Uh Trent though, take it away. I'm glad we did it in this order. Uh, because we're just going from the highs right into the lows. Um oh, yes, no. I ooh, I gave this album a 3.5 out of 10. Uh now I will say uh you know I am American, uh, and I, this is going to lead into. This is going to lead into something this. bad. This is going to lead into something bad after. No, no. <laughs> yeah, mute the chat, boys. Mute yeah, the chat. chat. Yeah. yeah, server mute me. Server mute me. Uh, the European like pop EDM scene is. I mean, it is so huge, you know. Uh, and her, you know, being Norwegian. Uh, I mean. I can definitely see why people over there would absolutely love it. And even some people in the US too. I mean, people if you love EDM, pop, whatever, it's definitely the way to go. I'm not saying she's not talented, she is, especially at what, 54? I mean, she's still doing this shit with her debut coming out in 93. Very, very cool this year still doing this. However, I I didn't mind most of it. What really got me, though, I had to listen to this album in bits. I mean, even though it just came out yesterday, like I spent a few hours yesterday just like kind of like picking at it. And then this even this morning, like I picked at it and finished the rest of it. I, I couldn't sit through it. It was I mean, it's long at 54 minutes uh, for one thing. But her voice is I mean, she has beautiful voice. She does. Uh, I don't mind in some of the parts where her accent slips through. I think it's a very cool thing. It's a very uh, more so like relaxed sort of thing uh, when singers do that. I think it's really nice. However, the instrumentals is what really got it. Like the the mix between her vocals and the instrumentals, because while her the vocal parts were very um, like cut, like very kind of like methodical. Uh, the instruments were not, and so it it kind of like felt like this weird. Um, I don't even know how to say it. Like uh, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't remember how I put it when Sebastian and I were talking earlier, but it was just weird, and like it kept like fucking with me a little bit. Um, where like I knew her like the parts that were coming with her vocals, but then the instruments were just like this weird wave uh, of like different stuff. So overall. 
I mean, again, I think she did a great job, but for me personally, it just didn't make it. So, great job, two out of ten. No. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's. I mean, it's still a three point five. I found some enjoyment out of it, but it's just. You know, I th- it just reminded me like the way you put it. It reminded me of just being like, "Yeah, really loved the effort, loved everything you did." Unsubscribed. <laughs> Unsubscribed. Like... <laughs> but yeah, I get I'm that. never coming back to it. This is garbage. <laughs> but yeah, like there you there you go. I, it's definitely an artsy lady. Definitely an artsy lady. But all right, moving along here, we got a new album from Slipknot. The end so far. Trent, take it away. So Slipknot, the end so far. Uh, I remember I have talked to so many people about this album uh, because as it was coming up to the release date and they released, what, three singles? uh, I was like, I am not fucking excited for this album at all. And I really wasn't. Uh, Listening to it, though, uh, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I will just say that right now. Better than I thought it was going to be. And I actually, the, the overall album, not just the songs itself, uh, I liked better than We Are Not Your Kind. Uh, something about it was really weird. Although We Are Not Your Kind, being the previous album, uh, it had better solo songs like Nero Forte, Unsainted, and Solway Firth. With the end so far, the singles really didn't catch me. With you know Yang or sorry Yen Chapeltown Rag and the Dying Song, I didn't really care for them uh, as singles, with the exception of I think the Dying Song because I lo- I liked the chorus of it. It was really cool. It reminded me somewhat of older Slipknot with uh, kind of how raw the lyrics were. Uh, but with how the album sounded and seeing how those songs fit with the you know some of the backing stuff and the album as a whole, it it was pretty good. Uh, the flow into songs killed it a little bit f- for me because it was very weird and almost, I didn't want to say like forced, uh, but like the endings of the songs were just drawn out so long and they, they just didn't need to be that long. You could have had it like, you know, 20 seconds shorter and then just go to the next song with like a cool little guitar riff, which they did in some, but the endings were just too long. Uh, I think most of the songs were probably about, I'd say an average of like four minutes for 35 minutes even which also kind of killed it for like the length of it uh but i mean slipknot the 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 album's almost an hour uh and the intro song adderall kind of killed it originally for me because it was just it was weird intro uh and i think uh, maya said this when we were talking about it before it came out she was you know the old slipknot is something that i really enjoy because it's it's just raw and the I don't give a fuck a- attitude of like the new metal stuff, which is really cool. But now Slipknot almost seems like I, I don't want to say like overproduced almost, but it's just it's weird how you get from this, you know, hardcore fuck you attitude to just like being in the system kind of thing. Overall, with this rant I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. It was my second favorite album of the week. Uh, and yeah, I, I liked it better than I thought I was going to. So Nice. A bit of, a, bit of a surprise there, I know. Oh, uh, yeah. As we, talk, we talked a lot of shit about this album before it came out. I mean, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I'll go here because uh, I'm going to be quick with this. Um, 
this is the worst Slipknot album they've put out. Every song sounds the same, even leading into the next one. Uh, they really didn't change it up since We Are Not Your Kind, which originally was my least favorite album. Adderall was probably the only good moment on this album that I was like, wow, this is kind of an interesting thing that they're doing here. Maybe they'll actually do something kind of a, kind of a experimental throughout the album. Nope, that was it. That was the only different... Maybe the, the end song, but even then it just felt like a slower Slipknot song. Uh, what else is there to say? Uh, the singles were... I, I think I liked... Uh, the sh- uh, the dying song when it first came out, and then I really did not like it at all on this album. Uh, same kind of goes with the Shapeltine rag. Um, what else? What else? Uh, these songs are too fucking long for what they are. Um, I was bored out of my fucking mind listening to this album. I was more bored with this album than I was even with like the longer moments of the Bjork album, and um, I'm very disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Five and a half out of ten. You should do better. But I will say, with all that, you know, negativity, I also think that there is this sort of, like, reason behind why this album sounds this way, considering that this is the last album that they're going to be on with uh, Roadrunner. Um, that's just a theory that I have come up with because on the next album, I want to see what they truly do because uh, my theory is that they've been holding back a lot of the real, true, raw, gritty, heavy shit because of the label. It's just a theory and I have no backing evidence other than just like how the band has sounded in the past 10 years. Um, but I guess we'll only see since this is the last time they'll be on this label, but yeah. As of now, five and a half out of ten. Worst album ever from them. Uh, Sebastian, though, take it away. Really quick before Sebastian oh, goes. Yo. Uh, your point about the whole Roadrunner thing. I think that's where Maya's point was going to uh, as well. It would make sense. Like, it would really make sense. Yeah, because it's just, it's, I mean, if you go back, like, it's self-titled. Or even, like, something like, you know, uh, Volume 3. Like, it's just, you know, it hits. It's it's really weird. Even like what all hope is now. gone. Like it's still hit. yeah. It's still hit despite it being more commercial. Like it was fucking good. So it's like I don't know, man. I think Roadrunner might be playing with the the strings here. They might be the uh, the puppet masters in this case. A little bit. They they might be bit. pulling a little uh little Activision sort of thing here. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> but um yeah, Sebastian, go ahead. So I'm gonna I'm gonna present one little rebuttal to Roadrunner. Um, I don't, I don't know about that, man. Uh, I think this band is just, uh, I'm not going to say creatively bankrupt, but I feel like their best years are behind them and they are just trying to overcompensate at this point by adding like weirder things just so they can be relevant. Um, that's just, that's my theory though. I mean, who knows if they prove me wrong, man, I hope we get Iowa part two. That, uh, the I, real, the real Iowa bro, part two. Oh, if there's, yeah, the real Iowa part two, <laughs> that'd be yeah, sick as fuck. Yeah. The fact that someone, uh, someone in the band, didn't they say this was Iowa part two? Um, no, like there's just always been ever since Iowa came out. Iowa, like, yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, this one is Iowa. Well, in the later years, I should say like 2010's decade, it's always just been this new stuff is like Iowa levels of heavy. And then you hear it and it sounds nothing like Iowa at all. I'm like, well, then why the fuck did you say that? 
Yeah, I think it was We Are Not Your Kind. They said it was going to be Iowa Part they did. 2. They did. I don't remember who yeah. it was. It might have even been Corey Taylor. but like, I think it was Clown, actually. It might have oh, been. It, yeah. yeah, it's probably Clown. Because I know he said this is like going to be a pretty heavy album, too. And I don't know, man. This is their lightest shit yet, man. Uh, at first, Adderall had me really fucking scared. Because it sounded sleepy as fuck. And I thought Corey's cleans were just not good. Like, at all. Uh, yeah, they were on pitch, but, like, I just did not think it was catchy or memorable in the slightest other for other than the fact that it started the album on such a sour note. Um, from there, I guess, there were some ha- uh, heavier songs, especially, like, the dying song, Chapleton Rag, and H377. Uh, but then again, they were all so fucking similar. They, like Nate said, they blended together so fucking well that I just, I refuse to type out any of their lyrics because they all are basically the same thing verbatim. Um, there were some, let's hear it, hard rock instrumentals that were uh, pretty butt rock, to say the least, uh, especially with songs like Heirloom. Like, I swear to God, I thought we were going to get, like, some like fucking tribal tat kind of fucking imagery going. I I was kind of scared for a second. I'm like, no, Corey, please, please, we are not doing this. We are not going into butt rock territory. Please, we are not your kind. We are not your kind, (laughs) dude. Please, it's yeah, it's bad. Um, and yeah, I just I feel like their sound is just really just dumbed down in this album, and it is just their tropes, and that's it. Uh. Yeah, every time this band says they're getting heavier, I swear to God, they just keep getting fucking worse, and they need to stop jinxing it. It's not like I go in expecting it to be heavier, because unless Corey Taylor is going to use that old vocal style that almost killed his fucking voice, I don't think they can go heavier than Iowa. I hope I get proven wrong, but, like, yeah, I don't think you can go heavier than Iowa, because it is just... As far as Slipknot goes, of course, uh, it is kind of impossible to have that same feeling, that same emotion, that same vulnerability, that same kind of destruction within that you can get from that album. This album does not even come fucking close to any of their other albums uh, as far as quality goes. It is an easy 5 out of 10. Um, like, I, like I said, I mean, it sounds... It's pretty very well it's not like a bad album in a technical sense it's just it's literally all the b-sides of we are not your kind but made into a full album literally so yeah yeah Yeah. well what are you gonna do i guess we'll see what it's we'll see what's the next one like eh, i don't know but all right we got one more album to go though we got the final one of the episodes and that is the new kid cuddy mm, album enter galactic yes kid cuddy's back coming off of his uh very i would say successful uh kind of returnish album with man on the moon 3 which as if you've been following the music corner for a couple years you know that that album made the uh the shocking appearance in my top 10 as the number one album as my favorite of the year and not only that one of the rare occurrences that i've given a 10 out of 10 all in the same month in the same year it was nutty it's crazy great album though and as we talked about on the uh uh the one uh uh uh, uh 
whatchamacallit, best and worst of. Uh, yeah, it was, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, I knew going into this album that this was not at all in any way, shape, or form going to be that level of good for Cuddy. Like, Cuddy peaked for me. Like, he might come close again, maybe like a nine and a half kind of level rating wise, but like, there's no way that he can make another Man on the Moon 3 the way he did in any album wise. It's just not happening. But that's okay because I don't want that to happen. I want him to continue being the experimental self that he is. And on this one, he's he's kind of doing that again, but more so with, like, um, it, this one was slower than expected. That's kind of, like, the one thing that I picked up on that I wasn't expecting from this album is that it was a lot slower. Um, but don't get me wrong, you got some bangers on this one. Like, New Mode, uh, the, one of the first singles on this one, Do What I Want, which still is just, ugh banger uh can't believe it which features two chains two what the fuck why is two chains popping off this year like twice twice like it's in his name two is in his name for twice like his album dump dose dope don't sell was fucking banging this feature here is banging and i'm sure there was another one that he was featured on that was a pretty goddamn good song like what the hell man go off two chains get that relevancy um but then after that like for the rest of this album? I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of the slower songs were fine. Like, I think it was, um, I think it was In Love. It was either Ignite the Love or In Love that I liked. Um, but there was just too many slow songs. Like, I think it was like, you know, Willing to Trust with Ty Dolla Sign. Also with Can't Shake Her with him. That was a bit slow. Somewhere to Fly that featured Don Tolliver was like, very slow too. She's Looking for Me. Okay, it was just... A lot of slower songs. And, like, I understand, though, why. Because it's probably going to fit better in the context of his new show that also dropped along with this album that is also the same name, Intergalactic. Uh, it's streaming now on Netflix. came out the exact same day. Um, and these songs are going to be featured on there along with, like, some artists and, like, other, like, actors for the voice acting since it's an animated series. Like, Macaulay Culkin is actually going to be in this, like, TV series. Uh, 070 Shake... Timothy Chalamet is going to be in it. Jessica Williams. There's a lot of like known people that are a part of this project. Uh, that I think is like I think it's wild and awesome, and I really want to see this. You know, so maybe the songs on there will also sound well. The songs on the album will sound better in context of the show. I guess we'll just have to find out. Um, but overall, this was still a decent album. I still liked it enough. Um, I also did enjoy the little ending song, Burrow, that was kind of like a bonus track that featured both Don Tolliver, Steve Aoki, and Dot the Genius. I think all of them combined really, uh, pulled off a fairly, uh, decent track there to end the album, even as a bonus track, which I actually did not know was one, uh, up until this point, but nevertheless, it's a seven and a half out of ten for me. Um... I think it just has to do with me being the cutty stand that I am, and this also not being like too boring. Like it's it's not the levels of fucking um, what was that? The uh, uh, what shitty album? Well, not shitty, but like mid album from him. Uh, fucking satellite flight. Yeah, that one. It's not that level at all, but it's, it's still a little slow. Good, nevertheless. Um, Sebastian, take it away next. This album is definitely not a Man on the Moon 3 for me, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Uh, it definitely sounds like a soundtrack to a show. Um, 
And uh, yeah, as Nate said, with the context of the show, I feel like these songs will definitely work. But for me, I feel like there is really not much of a flow to any of these. Uh, some of these like stopped really abrupt and then moved into the next song. And I just did not really think the pacing was that good. Um, but there are good tracks. It's not like I'm saying these are bad by any means. I just thought these tracks just did not work in a, just a listening context, just one after another. Um, there were some really cool tracks with uh, Ty Dolla Sign uh, being on like two tracks on this, which was just like, okay. I mean, he's a good rapper. Uh, but he's here twice with uh, Burrow. And then um, do what I want, where he also is, uh, you know, telling us to stay off the weed for a while. And um, yeah, I thought the songs around that were pretty good. Uh, I just feel like other than the singles, other than Burrow, it kind of just it did its thing. Um, I did what I want and I got through the album and I didn't hate it. Uh, seven out of ten. Bada bing. So, uh, da, 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 the other guy, Trent. Yep, <laughs> the, the other guy. The, the, the third amigo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take it away. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming in, children. Third man. It's Quavo. Oh, yeah, we are amigos. Yo. Hey, my, my wrist flicking in walk the it, kitchen. Alright, I'm smoking on the top five. Uh, with this one, uh, Overall, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I'm in really the same realm as everybody else. It, without the context of the show, it like the songs like themselves are are pretty okay. But yeah, it's not what I expected because I had no idea what the fuck to expect going into this one. Um, for Cuddy, but it it of what I did expect, it fulfilled that. Uh, it. I mean, it is really good to still hear him, you know, kind of like grinding out the shit, um, especially, you know, with a show. Like, it's really, really cool. Uh, some pretty good features. Don Tolliver, fucking Ty Dolla Sign, you know, 2 Chains. Uh, yeah, uh, it's definitely an album with the show. Hopefully it fits good and uh, we'll find more enjoyment out of it afterwards. Um, yeah, I gave it a 7 out of 10, though. And yeah, there you have it. All right. It's been the week. Before we go, music album recommendations, the sorts. Uh, I'll go first here. I already got it ready. 1.5 by the rapper Amin. I believe is how you say his name. Amini. Amini. Uh, yeah, just discovered him today. Listened to his album for the first time. Uh, he's got some bangers. Like, he has some awesome fucking songs. Uh, and this one specifically, Reel It In, was one that really got me. I was like damn, this one, like, is a vibe, you know? Like, it's a lot of fun, vibey rap tunes, you know? Other ones like, you know, Blackjack, Y, Shine, and uh, uh, Hiccup, which also features Gunna, which, wildly enough, Gunna featured on the song is actually, like, pretty fucking good, more than you would expect. Like, this might be, like, one of the best Gunna features ever. Uh, of course, next to a For a Nut fe- uh, by fe- Future, but I digress there. Uh, there's also a G Herbo feature and a Rico Nasty one that goes pretty hard. Only one song I didn't really care for was called STFU2, which I just, it's only because of the way, like, uh, 
he's like shut the fuck up like a couple times throughout the song and it's just really annoying uh but luckily the song's pretty short in general so it doesn't last too long uh but yeah if you need a good rap album that's the go that's the one to go to for me uh 1.5 mean uh trent what you got for us uh, I have an album uh, because it is October, motherfuckers. Uh, we're going with Typo Negative uh, with the 2007 release Dead Again, uh, which I believe was the last album that they released uh, before the unfortunate passing of Peter Thomas Steele. Um, it features a song called September Sun, which I absolutely love that song. Um, this is it's a very, very weird album, but it is Typo Negative. Uh, I was originally going to do World Coming Down, but I think I did that one last year for Halloween because it features a song called All Hallows Eve. Uh, so I went with this one. Uh, but now, now that it's October, it's spooky season, bitches. Uh, let's, let's get spooky with some typo. Hell yeah. Sebastian? I'm going to go with an oldie. Uh, not really that old, actually. Wait. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Wait, wait. Oh, there it is. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm an idiot. Uh, literally clicked on the wrong album. Uh, not really that much of an oldie, but still, nevertheless, a goodie. You guys have probably heard of it. It's called Lamb of God Sacrament. Uh, oh. My friend's having me learn some songs off of it on bass, and I think it's a pretty good, solid album. I mean, I it's been a while since I've listened to like a full Lamb of God release other than the 2020 album. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, of course, you got Walk With Me In Hell, which is just a pretty good banger. You got Redneck, uh, I mean, a pretty, pretty good banger. Uh, and then you got, like, songs like Requiem as well that are pretty good. Uh, foot to the Throat, not about Foot Fetish, surprisingly. Pretty good still. Um, yeah, it's a good album. Uh, if you like Lamb of God, if you like those kind of, like you know, back of the throat fry screams, then you'll like this. And it also, if you like white guys with dreads, because, you know, that's early 2000s for you. So, yeah, Lamb of God. Hell yeah. Well, there you go. I will say really quick, I think he is the only man, the only white man that can pull off dreads. True, though. That's true. The least singer Lamb of God. Yeah, I can put that. For sure. But all right. There you have it. That's been the episode. Trent Sebastian, as always, thank you for joining. Mm-hmm. We'll see you guys in the next episode. It's been the Music Corner of State of Weeds, and we are signing off.